cliffcentral.com. All right, it's time for us to check in, as we do every couple of weeks, with uh, JJ Cornish, who is a journalist, an editor, and an authoritative commentator on African affairs. Of course, this is all brought to you by the Johannesburg Business School, and we look at what's going on on the African continent. It's part of something we call Africanalysis. And uh, JJ is here every, every what is it, two weeks here to talk mm-hmm. to us? And we usually go through some of the, the big stories from all over the, the African continent. But we also occasionally zero in on one or two of those countries. And that's really interesting. Today we look at the Gambia. So, JJ, I was getting everybody very excited about talking about the Gambia because we've joked about the Gambia before. It's this tiny African country. It's a strip cut out of another country, essentially. And, um, and it's also the place that... I think it was two or three years ago they decided they were going to implement a four-day work week. But other than that, we know nothing about the Gambia. And I thought, what an opportunity to have you explain to us, having um, experienced so much of Africa, to, to explain to us what goes on in a country like that. And every now and then we do one of these profile pieces on an African country. What do you, what do you know about the Gambia? What can you tell us about the Gambia? Well, it's the smallest country on the uh, African mainland. Uh, It's carved out of Senegal. It was swapped between Britain and France. They took Britain, took the Gambia on the west coast and gave France Djibouti on the east coast. Hmm. Now, this was back at the days of slavery. Now, the Gambia, which uses the definitive article uh, uh, in in the same way as the Netherlands and the Philippines do, and I we don't know exactly why they insisted on holding it. Was it that they did not want to become confused with Zambia? We're not exactly sure. It, it's about 10,000 square kilometers, and it has uh, about uh, 5 million people. Now, wow. So it's very small. And it's been quite stable, but it, with a very interesting background, Britain took possession then in six. 64 and one years later, maybe a people were moved down the Gambia River into the transatlantic slavery period. We don't know how many were taken before that time, but it was a source of slaves. And as I say, carved entirely out of quite much larger Senegal, so surrounded on three sides by Senegal, with the Atlantic seaboard about 80 kilometers long uh, on the west. Now, in researching this article, I came upon a piece that I don't really want to to recount because I have until this day or until very recently believed that a British boat went up the Gambian River, fired a shot to the left or to the port, and then a shot to the starboard, and then continued up a little way and did it again and again, and thus was drawn the lines of the Gambia. goes like a little crocodile (laughs) up Uh, And it's about 10 10 kilometers to either side of the river. And, you know, that's one of those facts that deserves to be true. Now they're saying it's apocryphal. Well, I believe the British Navy did did it. And and I hope that uh, my viewers and listeners will do the same. Damn, that's such a a lovely story. I'm I'm also sad that that might not be true. Well, we're not sure that it's not. So let's, you know, in the spirit of adventurous journalism, let's keep it alive. Uh, in 1965, with uh, independence, Dorda Jawada, uh, he took over and he won several elections. There were a number of coups 
coups or coup attempts. And after the one in about 19, in the early 80s, Gambia and uh, the Senegal got together and they formed a Senegambia. But that lasted about seven years, didn't go on. Mm-hmm. And in 1994, Yaya Jame took over in a bloodless coup. Well, there's no such thing as a bloodless coup in yeah, Africa, you know. Sure. Relatively few people died. And and uh, he held power for 22 years. He was the guy that believed that by the laying on of hands, he could cure HIV. Uh, it was under his presidency uh, in the uh, early 90s that I, that uh, was it the early 90s, late 90s, that I, that I attended the African Union Summit. So there I went to Gambia. And uh, very interesting to see it because uh, it's a country that uh, about 10% of the country is arable land. Poor soil, they grow peanuts. Oh, wow. But they also, they live very, they live very largely with oysters from the Gambia River. And they've got fantastic, I don't eat oysters as it happens, but they have fantastic recipes for oysters, it would, it would appear. Uh, and tourism is huge there. Tourism is a very, very big uh, um, industry. And I have to tell you that sex tourism mm. uh, was very popular. The, my, uh, JJ, he, uh, can doubled I, up as a, can I just, a, a good uh, I just want to ask you a favor. Could you, could you turn off your video evening, because we're, we're, we seem to have uh, quite a bad line. If you could turn off your video, then we'll be able to get the audio right. And and you can just pick it up where you said sex tourism because we, we broke up for a minute mm. there and it was a very, very sexy part of this conversation to break up at. So just pick up with sex tourism yes. and we missed that. Well, well, without my video, I want you to see that when I say sex tourism, <laughs> I do it with a very serious face. You yes, know? There's course. no sort of lascivious, <laughs> leering look to me. No, I was sure. hoping that would come. <laughs> but anyway, so there was Zambia. And then, then Yaya Jame, after 22 years, lost an election, said, okay, I'm stepping down. I'm sorry, did I say I'm stepping down? No, I actually am not going to step down. Right. And ECOWAS, the regional grouping, the economic community of West African states, next to SADC, the most active economic grouping in Africa, mm-hmm. said, I'm sorry, we heard the stepping down bit. We didn't hear the other. And, and they actually prepared very muscularly to move Yaya Jame out and he actually thought better of that so he didn't have to be forced and he went and t- took exile in equatorial guinea which is a now, great a great place a great place to go into exile because of course the, the the people who run equatorial guinea don't follow any rules not really the the leader of equatorial guinea uh took power by killing his uncle that's right and uh, it was you know it's one of those <laughs> countries now now he decided he wanted to come back just recently uh yaya jame and uh, the people of uh of gambia who are wanting for all kinds of crimes against humanity and excesses of human rights said come back at your peril oh really now adama baro the man who won that election in 2016, property developer, he took over and said, I will be in charge for three years during a transitional government. And it is at the end of that three years that people said, hey, Adama, remember the, remember the three years? And he said, well, who said three years? You know, <laughs> this, is, this is African politics for you. <laughs> so they pushed him and pushed him. Finally, he's going to have an election in December this year. 
Now, why would I want to go along to that election in December this year? I'll tell you why. Because in the Gambia, you know, you and I stand on queues, uh, talk about the candidates, say uh, nasty things maybe out of mm. earshot of others, prepare to make a cross or a lock on the paper. Yes. Drop it in a ballot box, and that's how we vote, not in the Gambia. Gareth, they use marbles in the Gambia. And each of the candidates has a drum yeah. in a particular color with his or, or her picture on the outside. You drop a marble, your marble that is given to you when you go into the polling station, down a little funnel, boom. And that is how you cast that's the ballot. That's how you vote. Much easier. And do do you know that in 2012, the election, which of course was, was Yaya Jame's election, mm. there were only two spoiled ballots. <laughs> only two, and those were people who put who put their marbles on top of the barrel instead of dropping them down the funnel. <laughs> is I that what happened to them? I suppose. Yeah. Is that Yaya, system? Yaya Jame said, "Oh, he didn't want to vote for me," and locked them up. <laughs> is that system necessarily open I'm, to as much voter fraud as many other systems all over the world? I, I, I'm imagining it would be. You know, I think to some extent. I don't know how you count ballots. Uh, that I mean, I've been to elections where you know we went to double check on ballots and we found them uh, oozing uh, ink and paper mm. uh, wet in one corner of a yard and so yeah, on. Exactly. So how you count votes afterwards? I mean, the election electoral fraud happens right at the beginning. So I know as a as a veteran electoral observer, what you'd have to do is work out the system to go into the paper into the ballot. That voting station say, how many marbles have you handed out? Right. You know, and and, uh, and 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 work that way. I'm sure that somebody like ISA, the Electoral Institute for Sustainable in in Africa, the South African based observation group, would work out a way. And and I'll make sure to check with them before December. Uh, um, you know, if indeed I don't know if they will go there, and if they are, I will I will implore them to take me with them That'll, because I think it's something. Oh, it's so I mean, great. I found the Gambia a very interesting place to go to, a lovely people, and uh, uh, so it will be it would be a great delight to go back. When I was there, the influence of Muammar Gaddafi was absolutely amazing. He had something like. Four stretch limos, wow! Then a couple of stretch uh, 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 Galinda wagons and a couple of stretch. Everything that Muammar Gaddafi drove was stretch. He had uh, premises all over the place. Of course, he was uh, handing out, doling out the the loot to Yaya Jame, keeping him up. You know, so it was uh, it was a country that was propped up by by people like that. I don't know why they bothered him. I suppose for the strategic positioning because there's no oil or anything like that off the Gambia. So, you know, there's no financial reason to prop it up. It's a country that uh, uh, has uh, a strategic value being where it is. Tell me. Uh, and of course, Senegal has has enormous moral weight. So, you know, it's so, good so to be there. JJ, obviously, if you're in the Gambia, it's extremely important to have good relations with Senegal because they, as you said, surround you on three sides and you can't flee into the sea. Um, so what are the relations like with the rest of the Western African community? Well, it's a very tight-knit community. 
and uh, as we, as I've said, with ECOWAS, the regional grouping, when it became clear that Yahya Jameh, who was not a good leader, uh, had been beaten in an election and wasn't going to leave, ECOWAS stepped in. And I think Gambia to this day is, the Gambians to this day are d- delighted. I don't know, for example, when Adam Abaro ran his three years out and, and looked like he was going to hang on, whether ECOWAS sort of shook their finger at him too and said, yo, Adama, time to go, man, or time at least to put yourself before the people. Uh, ECOWAS is a grouping which, in terms of peacekeeping, uh, diplomatic uh, relations with, within the grouping, uh, economic ties, and then, of course, um, uh, just generally wanting to see prosperity in the region is very active, and so the Gambia would be pulled in on anything there and would benefit from anything there as well. As I no, I think we've just lost AJ. Senegal uh, standing in the region. Again, Senegal not wealthy. Ah. Oh. JJ, I'm Have afraid. No, I got you, but I'm afraid we're out of time anyway. So that that was terrific. I mean, what a what an interesting uh, collection of of anecdotal evidence about what a strange place the Gambia is. <laughs> JJ Cornish, I hope you get to go back and observe the election for us. It'll be amazing. There he is, the authoritative commentator on African affairs for us on CliffCentral.com, and it's all brought to you by the Johannesburg Business School. JJ, we'll check in with you in a couple of days' time. There he is. All right, I'm going to let him go because that line was not so great, but we managed to get some really great stuff out of him. Man, that's fascinating. Uh, so if you want to go to the Gambia, you need to know that you probably eat, or eat oysters. You you may be going for the sex trade, which is apparently uh-huh. very, very big uh, part of the Gambia's economy. And uh, you could you could meet people with amazing names like Fatou Ben Souda. Well, sounds like a character from Star Wars. And I love that story about the British ship going up yeah. the Gambia River and wherever its cannonballs on either side landed was the, was the mark of the, of the border, even though it's not true, he says, but it's a nice story to remember. My voting, I hope it is. and voting yeah. with marbles. That's, uh, that's all a bunch of stuff I didn't know. I'm sure you didn't either. All right. Cliffcentral.com. Do you think those two people were, were shunned? Who spoiled the ballots? Oh, like, yeah. come on. Well, I don't know how they found them because you just put a, a marble in. Could be anyone, right? Good points. Oh, I mean, I don't scratch your name onto it. So I don't think there's any repercussion for you uh, leaving your marble outside of the barrel. Cliffcentral.com.